I'm Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. I've been a cop for 27 years. I like to say I got a backstage pass to life. Well, guess what? I got some tickets for you. So come on in, pull up a chair, turn up that volume, and let's go. Chasing Justice is on. Good afternoon, my friends, and welcome to Chasing Justice. I'm your host, Lieutenant Joe Pangaro. There, there's a lot on my list today that I wanted to talk to, uh, talk to you about as we spend our afternoon together. You know, there's a there's a cacophony of things going on. Don't you love that word, cacophony? I like it. You know, that's a, a lot of noise, a lot of stuff going on. That is really, it's hard to, to put it all into perspective. But when we think about it, there are multiple things attacking what we consider our normal lives. We have a lot of distractions, right? Taking care of our families, working in our jobs. I mean, our entire world is currently like a bunch of pieces of a puzzle in a box jumbled up and, and they're all uh, all over the place, right? Doesn't it kind of feel like that a little bit? We have normal life. In, in normal times, uh, the world is just a, a place that has a couple of things go on that are eye-raising. Look at what's going on now. And that's why I say it's a cacophony. It is it's just, it's unbelievable amount of things going on. Let's look at the Supreme Court and the leaked document from the Supreme Court. Well, I was talking with Kathleen, my wife, and we were trying to you know, put this into perspective and understand what, what, what is the big deal about this? Okay, so we, we got a little uh, information of what the justices are thinking. That was interesting, actually, to see, but it was wrong to leak that. That's totally inappropriate. And it was leaked for a political purpose. Now, we don't know who leaked it, so let's leave open. Like, this is how you do an investigation. You can have an uh, investigative hypothesis, uh, but you can't really just say, you know, one thing is one thing happened and that's it from the beginning unless you have facts to support that. So we do know a document was leaked. So only one of two people leaked it. It was either a conservative person who leaked it because they wanted uh, all the supporters out there to know that, hey, the Supreme Court that we got is actually going to do this, and something we've been looking for a long time is to get rid of the bad law that Roe versus Wade is uh, and, and put that out there. Or it's someone who is on the liberal side of things who wants to change the upcoming elections in November because they realize that the Democrat Party is in a bad position. Now, to look at that, I have said this several times, and I'll say it again. We we all are assuming that there's going to be this uh, this red tidal wave in November. That people are so fed up with everything that's going on from the Biden administration and the, the restrictions and the inflation and the absurdity of how we we are around the world and the open borders and that well, we're, we're assuming that that people are going to go in and say that's enough. You know, we we can't have this. I've had enough time on the planet to realize that that's not necessarily the case, that it is equally as possible uh, that people go in and vote for Democrats uh, on a large scale and they maintain their control over the House and the Senate as it is that a red tide sweeps people away because uh, they're, they're sick and tired of what's going on because people do not always vote in their best interest, especially today. 
in this world that we're in today, people don't vote for what's right for the country. They don't vote really for what's right for themselves. They vote for interests in areas. They vote for they vote for ideology over real world, and that is part of what what's happening. So when Kathleen and I were talking about this uh, this leaked document, it's part of a bigger mess that we're seeing right now. We're seeing all of our institutions shaken to their core. Does the rule of law matter anymore? Or can we clearly say now that there is a, a multiple tiered justice system? I know some of my uh, my brother and sister uh, commentators out there have said that it's a two tier system, you know, for those connected and those not connected. We've always known that, you know, uh, but the reality is it's a multi tiered system. It's not only if you're connected or if you're not connected, but if you have the right ideology, right? Or if you are on cancel culture, or if you are one of these other crazy things that are going on today, will determine whether or not you are charged with a crime if you've committed a crime, if you're convicted of a crime, even if you've committed if you've committed a crime. So we're seeing this, all of our institutions are a mess. And if you were to say to me before that, that somebody in the Supreme Court system would have done something like this, uh, I would have said, nah, I no, nah, I can't imagine that because people that are handpicked to be clerks and to be part of that system all understand that the justices need to be able to to weigh their opinions uh, and and come up with decisions that they think are are sound uh, as on the legal basis. But it doesn't shock me anymore that somebody would politicize one more of what we consider our sacred institutions. Uh, by by starting this controversy, and now we're we're seeing the follow-up. So why would that be? Well, obviously, because our friends on the left, our Democratic friends, they can't really go out and talk about the economy because they've destroyed the economy. They can't talk about fuel prices because they've destroyed fuel prices. They can't talk about how we're respected around the world because we're no longer respected around the world. They can't talk about anything that is important to us, open borders. They can lie to us. They do lie, right? Uh, Jen Psaki and uh, the, the administration comes out and says the borders are perfectly secure. And we talked about this a, a few episodes ago. They're not actually secure. What they're doing is when they're catching these people, they're taking their names and telling them, hey, get on a bus, get on an airplane. And when you get to where you're going, make sure you register to turn yourself in. And we're, we're ha- nobody's going to do that. So in that way, they're saying, oh, the border's perfectly secure. We know, we know people are coming in. We know what's going on. We know where they are. We're sending them to places, right? But they're going to register, and we all know that that's not going to happen. So that's a lie. We have a media that is so biased, it will not report these stories. I mean, you, you could you imagine just 20 years ago, if there was a story like, uh, like the border, uh, the border, the border is wide open, and the president and his spokesperson says, no, no, the border is perfectly secure. There would have been 30 reporters down there on the border showing people crossing the river, people coming in trucks, people stepping over the border, people running away. That would have been the story. They would have said, this is not true. Look at what's really going on. But now, what do we have now? We have reporters that sit in the White House briefing and somebody will ask a question. Uh, Gee, the, the border doesn't seem to be secure. They'll give their nonsense, false lie answer and that's how it'll be reported. Oh, the border is secured. Border is secure. Why don't you go down? Well, we don't need to go down there. We don't need to go down there because it's it's fake news for us to go down there and look at a border that we know is secure. The president and his spokesperson just told us the border is secure. So there's no reason to go investigate it. Where are all the politicians 
who were down on the border during the Trump administration, constantly screaming and hollering with the news crew, showing you, oh my God, look what's going on. Where are they now? How come they're not down there now? Because it doesn't suit what they're trying to do. And remember, remember, none of this is because of incompetence. This is not happening on the border in particular because of incompetence. This is happening because this is the design. This is the plan to bring in millions and millions of people that they hope will vote for them. And for the most part, they will. You know, it's, it's like anything in nature. If you give me something, I feel I need to give you something back. Well, if, if you give me uh, uh, entry into your country, you give me citizenship, you give me all kinds of benefits, I'll vote for you because I want those things, right? That's just common sense. But the big lie there is that, no, that's not why we're doing it. And nobody is investigating. Where is, where, you know how many, uh, what do they call them, uh, uh, the awards that they get when they, write, uh, when they write a great story? You know how many big, giant stories could be written by reporters if they took on any of it? But they don't because you know what would happen? If they took it on, They'd be destroyed. They'd probably be fired. They'd be canceled. They'd be drummed out of the news agencies because there's only so many jobs you can get at Fox News, right? So it, it, it's really about the, the continued teardown of things that we used to base our lives on. you got to remember, these things are the foundation of a stable society, right? The rule of law. Everyone is the same under the law. We have laws that we demand as, as citizens. We demand these laws be created by our pol political class, the people we vote for, our representatives. We don't want murder. We don't want robbery. We don't want carjacking. We don't want rapes. We don't want uh, destructions. We don't want home invasion. So we make our, our legislatures that we elect to represent us to make laws about that. Then we have law enforcement to enforce it so that we can have a stable uh, environment in which to live and raise our families. All of us, the people, are the ones who demand these laws be written and be enforced so that we can have a nice existence in our country, right? What do we have right now? Anything but. We are roiling and boiling, not just in one thing. It's one area. If you had a controversy in one area of our lives and we really need to dig into it and figure out what to do about it, Look at how many we have. How many areas of our lives are, are twisted into knots and boiling and, and just unworkable, right? That leads to anxiety. That leads to all kinds of problems in our personal lives. You know, I went the other day and, and I went to fill up my truck. Now, we all know gas is ridiculously expensive, but it is, it is an essential part of of our lives to get around. You know, a $80,000 electric car is not the answer at this particular point in life because not everyone, matter of fact, very few people can afford an $80,000 electric car. Even if you got a cheap one, a $50,000 electric car, right? It, people just can't afford that. You know, there's an entire segment of our population that relies on older uh, used cars that they buy. I used to do that. I would go out and buy a car. Now, I'm, I'm going to date myself here, but in the 1980s and the 1990s, even as a police officer, uh, you know, I needed a new car for my family. I didn't go to the dealership and buy a brand new car. I couldn't afford that. So I would search around and I would find a good used car for $3,000, $4,000, $5,000, something that was reliable transportation that could make sure I could get to work, my wife and the kids could get wherever they had to go. So I would go and take a pension loan maybe or get a car loan 
on something five, six, seven thousand dollars at the most, absolutely. And then I would drive that until basically it was dead, and then I'd start looking for another one. So you get a couple of years out of it, and then you have to go find another one. There's a whole entire group of people that that's their existence, right? And our goal is to work our way out of that, which is understandable. But when you have somebody who's in that position, a good friend of mine who does not make a lot of money, and he works really, really hard, but he doesn't make a lot of money. He's a single guy. Uh, he's, uh, I think he's 61 years old now, been working his whole life, and he works, uh, he works in the retail industry. That's where his skill set took him. He does not make a lot of money. He has a car that is held together with duct tape and spit and luck to get him back and forth to work because that's all he can afford. But the gasoline, when it went from $2 a gallon to four fifty a gallon, you doubled the cost just for this guy to get to work. Well, he can't afford that, right? And then the inflation. In April, inflation was 8.3%, probably a little higher. But they're saying 8.3%. You'd now take a guy like my friend who gets a 2% raise, and he's very happy to get a 2% raise because it's more money, right? He gets a 2% raise, and inflation is 8.3%. He's losing. He's got less money than he did two years ago. So there's an enti- that's just one level of our, of our society who's trying to make it in these difficult times. I can only imagine the stress that that puts somebody under. I went out the other day and filled up my truck. Last year, I went and I got a brand new truck because I need a vehicle to get stuff around. I need to drive myself. I go on business trips. I have to drive places. I need reliable transportation. I decided to get a truck, a pickup truck, because I need things around my house. I can haul things around. I get mulch and do my yard. I can, you know, do things, right? I bought a pickup truck. When gas was $2 a gallon, it was reasonable. It would cost me $45 to fill up the tank, and the tank would last me two weeks. I filled up the other day. It was $102, $102, and I'm lucky that I don't have to travel so far right now, uh, right? I'm, I'm kind of working from home a lot. But can you imagine my son, my son who is a carpenter, he has to drive to job sites. So he would go, uh, maybe they'll assign him 30 miles away. Okay, that's not bad. 30 miles is is a big chunk, but he'll drive the 30 miles. They sent him uh, two weeks ago on a temporary job assignment about 105 miles away. It's 105 miles each way. Just the amount of gasoline it cost this young man to get back and forth to work pretty much wiped out a lot of his paycheck. This is a reality, and the consternation that that causes because you have to put that money in your tank, don't you? Don't you have to fill your car so you can drive around? Well, get an electric car. Why don't you get an electric car? And what's your payments on that fifty or sixty or $70,000 electric car if they'll sell it to you, right? Your credit has to be perfect. You have to have very – otherwise, you're going to pay 12%, 10% for a car loan. It's, it's absurd. So all of this is causing chaos in our lives, and you can feel it. It's palpable. Well, when I'm looking at at the world and I'm seeing all these things, it's disturbing to me. And I'm saying, I'm hoping that in November, people will say enough and get rid of these, these left-wing policies because that's what it is. You know, I know they mean well. I know people on the left mean well. But you have to, now they've had their chance. They have the presidency. They have control over the, over the, the Senate and the Congress. 
and we're seeing their policies in full. This is what people should focus on. Not the arguments about liberal or Democrat or conservative republic. Look at what the policies actually do. They've now had their chance to be in control of the policies. And in two years, they've driven us into the ground. That's a reality. That's not hate speech. That's not partisan. That's me just looking around and going, I was paying $2 a gallon. Now I'm paying $4.50 a gallon. Heating oil was ridiculous. Inflation is 8.3%, right? It is absurd what's going on. We're looking, look at the world situation. We got Russia at war. We can't do anything about it. We got the Chinese threatening to do stuff. We can't do anything about it. We've lost respect around the world. Uh, we, we have at home, we are embroiled in these constant, constant protests and, and burning and looting and violence. Look at the crime. Look at the crime that goes on in our country now because of policy. And again, these are not hate words. It's not hate speech. I don't hate people because they're Democrats and liberals. I'm looking at their policies. Their policies have made our lives chaotic and dangerous and expensive. And that takes away everyone's ability to just live their life, to just live their life and experience life with their family and try and do the right things, right? It's very frustrating to me, and, and that's where kind of I want to talk a lot today about is uh, what's going on. So you can see I'm wound up. Lieutenant Joe's wound up today. Now, for, for a minute, let's talk about, uh, you know, we, we try and stay away from abortion here because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, here's what I said. Here's what I said the other day. I go to church. And I believe that life starts at conception. That is what I believe, me personally. That's when I think God infuses life into, a, into, a, into creation, into a baby. And at conception, that is a baby. It is a human life. And I think it should be protected. Now, I also respect the fact that there's lots and lots of Americans out there that do not believe that. They have a totally different belief. And while I find it disturbing and I find it sad for them, I do, because I'm saying, you don't get it, that there's really a baby. Okay, maybe they don't think it's a baby. Maybe they really believe it is just a lump of cells and you can get rid of it. I also believe that women have a right to control their bodies. I absolutely do. I have a wife. I have a daughter. I have daughter-in-laws. They have a right to control their bodies. So I'm, I'm not conflicted here. What I am is that I'm trying to be understanding that not everyone has my belief, right? So I, I kind of get that. And when I see people out there and they want abortion to be free and safe and legal because it's an option that they want to be able to, to uh, take part of, I understand that, right? I'm not demanding that they see things my way. I would hope that they would, but they don't, and I don't demand that. So I understand why people want abortion to be out there. It's an option for them. They get pregnant because they want to have uh, an active sex life, and accidents happen, and they get pregnant. They don't want to be pregnant. They can't afford it. I, I get it. I also understand that, you know, if somebody finds out, you know, there's a thing out there on social media, you see it. I'm not for killing babies, but I am for supporting Marsha. Marsha, who found out her baby was born with, a baby is in her womb with no organs. And I get that. I understand that people could, could be pregnant and maybe they want to have a baby. And then they find out that there's something seriously wrong with the baby. And they don't want a life of dealing with a baby who's got all kinds of health problems, mental health, physical health, whatever. I get it. Me personally, 
I think it's a baby. And whatever God sends your way, he sends for a reason. And I think people could handle it. But I also recognize it is very, very hard to have that kind of a, a, of a child that has those kind of problems their whole life. I see it. I understand it. I know the pain of, of what people go through. So I could understand somebody might want to say, I don't want that in my life, right? It doesn't mean I would agree with it, but I understand that people can have a different opinion than me. What I found probably in this whole thing is that how it's being used as a political weapon. Um, it's being used as a way, whoever released this and broke the law and, and knocked down another traditional piece of foundation we have that we, we, we believe in, that hold us together as the country we've always been, they were doing that for a political reason because they don't have nothing else to run on. So they're going to stir people up and try and get people out to the polls. And that's why I'm saying maybe it might work. Maybe Democrats stay in control because people don't vote in their best interest. You know, they, they believe they want to be able to kill their babies if they want to do it. And that's more important than 8.3% inflation. That's more important than $450 a gallon gasoline. That's more important than uh, people being uh, respectful of us around the world. That's more important. And I get that. I understand it. Um, it's a different point of view than mine. I can't, I can't make people have my point of view. I don't think their point of view is the best interest of them or their of our country. Um, but I understand that people have different points of view. So when we look at these things, we have to consider what are other people's points of view. What I found profound in this whole thing, though, because you can argue abortion back and forth. There are people that believe it's a baby, people who won't believe it's a baby, you know, follow the science crowd. It's not a baby until it's this. It's not, it's a baby. You know, I think it's pretty obvious it's a baby. What else would it be once it's conceived? But I get that people don't want to see that or because it suits their needs, I, whatever. Their point of view is valid to them and they need to, you know, be able to speak it. But what I think I found really uh, rocked me um, was a picture I saw the other day uh, of one of the protests. And I get people walking around with the signs, you know, keep abortion legal, keep abortion safe. You know, I get that. You know, that's their point of view. And, you know, that's what they're protesting for. And a protesting is, is a valid thing in our country, right? To protest things we're upset about. I'm, I, okay, I get it. As long as they're peaceful and you don't hurt people, you don't destroy things, right? You go out and protest. Let your voice be heard. I, I agree with that. But there was a picture of this young girl. And I'm going to say she was probably 23 years old, 24 years old. And she's holding up a poster in the middle of all of these um, pro-abortion uh, protesters. And the picture showed her sign. And her sign didn't say, keep abortion legal, keep abortion safe, my body, my children. None of those things that you can argue. That's a point of view. It's a legitimate point of view. Her poster said, we love abortion. I, I didn't know what to say to that. We love abortion. See, to me, that is one of the hardest concepts for me to understand. We love abortion. Now, maybe she meant we love the freedom to make our own choice, and, and she just made her poster like that. But the wording on there was we, and then a picture of a heart, which means love, abortion. We love abortion. Abortion is the killing of an innocent life. Now, Ed Koch, the mayor of New York back in the day, he was pro-choice, he was pro-abortion, but he used to say, we have to be honest about this. 
You got to be honest. It's a baby and you're killing it. But that's okay if that's your choice, you know, and that's a bad impression of, of uh, Ed Koch. But his point was, let's just be honest about it. You know, uh, there are some people who don't have any religious compunction to protecting, you know, innocent babies. It's their body and they don't want this baby in there. So they want to get rid of it. And when you get rid of the baby, you kill the baby. It's as simple as that. You kill the baby and the baby's gone. Some people don't have that connection to it. They don't, they, they don't care. And that, as harsh as that is, that's a legitimate point of view. It is legitimate. I don't agree with it, but it's legitimate. But this picture of this young girl carrying that poster that said, we love abortion, it made me realize the death culture that has taken over our country, which is part of the, the delusion of the diminishing of, of, of American life. It's, it's just another one of those things that's been boiling in the background since 1973 or 72, whenever Roe versus Wade came along and the, the whole, you know, protect the babies, kill the babies argument went back and forth. It's been boiling in the background. And now you have a Supreme Court justices who are looking at the law. They're looking at the law and saying the law was flawed. The law was politically created uh, and they're constitutionalists. And they're saying, we're going to overturn this. I'm going to send it back to the states where it belongs. The Tenth Amendment of the Constitution basically says anything that's not directly in this Constitution should be decided by the states. That is the greatest freedom of all. But because of this roiling and boiling and different points of view, we're seeing people attacking the homes of the justices. And we need to talk about that for a couple minutes because right now there it's a conservative court, so to speak. John Roberts is not a conservative. He is a wishy-washy, back-and-forth kind of guy that is not conservative, sometimes conservative, sometimes liberal. He's, he's not a consistent uh, person. But the other five conservative justices are. And they're in control right now. And they're saying the law of Roe versus Wade is bad, has always been bad. The issue of abortion goes back to the states. And if your state and the people that live in your state, you believe you should have a right to end your pregnancy, terminate a pregnancy, kill the baby, whatever you want to call it. If you feel you have, you have, a, you have a right to do that, and then you vote for politicians who are going to support that. And then your state votes to allow abortion, right? This is not ending abortion. You're not going to, nobody can have abortion in America. No, it's up to the states and that's where it should be, right? It's not in the constitution. So therefore, 10th Amendment says, if it's not in the constitution, it goes back to the states. Very, very simple. And each state can decide. So I, I find the, the, the political use of this tool, of this attacking of our justices, of, our, of roiling the country yet again, of, of trying to win an election by politicizing something as important as life and death of American children, little babies, whether you agree with abortion or not. Like I said, I think there's a valid point of view people can make that have no religious compunction in it. I think they're wrong, me personally. I think there is a God, and I think God's going to be very upset with all of this killing of children. But there's a lot of people that don't believe that, and they have every right to not believe that and to think, I just don't want to be pregnant, and it's my body. I get that. I fully believe a woman has a right to, to control her body, absolutely. But here's what I say all the time. 
And I think there's a second part of that statement. And this is what people who are pro-life are just trying to say. Yes, it is your body. Yes, you have a right to control it. But once there's a baby in there, what about the baby? Doesn't the baby have any rights? Well, that's kind of tough because if I can control my body, then I can control. Well, the bottom line is you, you had control over your body before. You shouldn't have got pregnant. There's, there's birth control. There's all kinds of things you can do to not get pregnant. And I can't solve this. I can't tell someone what they can or can't do. I can only have my opinion on it and hope that people would, uh, would side with life, right? The wonderful, beautiful gift of life that God has given us. And when we see a child and there's nothing more precious than a child and to bring those children into the world and care for them is one of the most important things we can do as a, as a race, as a human race. All right. So we'll be back in a minute with more Chasing Justice. And let's let's think about this. A if you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on the precautions, but deep down, you still want to avoid getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a povidone iodine antiviral nasal spray. Made in the USA, Cofix RX reduces viral loads and minimizes the risk of you getting sick. Find a retailer near you or click our banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Surely if you can't find it here, you can't find it anywhere. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. So you can listen in on our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. All right, we're back. We're back on it. Yeah, you see, you know, and I know, and I, you've heard me in the last couple of episodes, I joke about, you know, people in their underwear taking notes about Lieutenant Joe. Because I've had instances where people now have reached out to different places. Could you believe Lieutenant Joe believes this? Can you believe Lieutenant Joe believes that? Um, I try to be honest about my opinions, and I'm allowed to have my opinions. I don't force anyone else to have my opinion. I try to understand their opinions. I think I've been pretty clear on that, that I understand there's lots of different ways to think. What I do is I hope that people would see things the way I see it. That's the bottom line. And I try to give rational explanation for why I believe what I believe. So this whole thing on abortion, it, it's boiling up now. And you, you see they're, they're, it's creating a, a, another a churning consternation in our lives. We're seeing this every day. It's it's pitting people against each other. Go on social media. People that you never talked about anything like this before because it was a private thing, right? It's private, up to you what you think. Now all of a sudden they're coming out, they're attacking other people, not purposely. They're not saying, uh, you know, Joe, you, hey, you're an idiot because you believe that's a baby. You're, but they're coming out and going, 
you know, to all these uh, pro-life people, you idiots that think it's a baby. Well, don't you realize you're attacking the people that 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 are that you know that are friends that have a different point of view than you, right? I don't come out and say people who are pro-abortion are horrible, evil, terrible people. I don't say that. I say they have a different point of view than me, and they just don't see it the way I do. I wish they would, right? I think that's a pretty reasonable approach to dealing with someone who has an opinion different than yours. Do I think it's it's not a good thing? I do think it's not a good thing, but I can't make them. So I, I just wanted to be clear on that because there are people in their underwear taking notes on Lieutenant Joe, right? Because uh, they don't like that uh, I speak my mind. So when it comes to the justices being attacked, and I saw recently that uh, they're mostly they're, they're left-wing groups that are attacking these conservative justices, going to their houses, protesting, violent, screaming, hollering. That is intimidating, right? You can call it whatever you want. That is intimidation. They are trying to scare the justices into changing their vote. Now, here's the big problem. You can have that opinion. You can hope that the justices would vote your way. But the job of a justice, of any judge, and and I'm going to try and cover this a little bit. The job of any judge is to look at facts and compare it to the law and see if the facts comport with the law and then make a decision based on that. The Supreme Court looks at constitutional issues that come up in laws, right? So the whole idea is there's a law created in your town and it affects some people who say, hey, that's not right. The government shouldn't do that to me. And they appeal it. goes to the appeal division, goes back. Finally, it might end up at the Supreme Court. The justices of the Supreme Court are not to take their own opinion. Well, I think it should be like this. That's not their job. Their job is to look at the law, look at how it affected someone, and then look at the Constitution and see if the law and its effect fits into the Constitution. If it does, they say, well, I'm sorry that that affected you, but it is a constitutional thing that was done, and you lose. Or... They can look at the law and the Constitution and the and the result and say that's not in the Constitution or that is against the constitutional protections and rights that every American citizen has, and therefore you cannot do it. Right? In this case, they're looking at Roe versus Wade, not whether or not abortion is good or abortion is bad. Now they probably all have their own opinions on that, of course. But the reality is their opinions don't matter doesn't matter that the justice thinks pro-life is better than pro-death or pro-abortion. doesn't matter. The justices are supposed to say, here's the law, here's the Constitution, here's the effect, and let's see if this is constitutional. So people are making a case that Roe versus Wade was not constitutional. It was decided by political opinion, by a previous court, that, hey, this is where everybody's going, and there was more liberal justices who... Now, we have to admit liberals ignore the law. They do, in in many cases. They do. That's just the reality. That's part of being a progressive is that you don't like the constitutional constraints, right? And they've said, no, there there is a – they made up a right that they found in the Constitution that's not really there. It's not written there. So, therefore, the right place for this to be is with each individual state, And if your state wants to allow abortion, then you can have all the abortions you want legally and appropriately in your state. 
But if the next state over says, no, we don't want abortions in our state, then you move to the state where they are or you drive to the state where they are and get your abortion and go back home again. Nobody's going to chase you down for doing that, right? So that's the purposes of the justices are to make a legal decision based on constitution and law. When people start showing up at their houses where their wives and husbands and children live, and intimidating them, and thousands of them are out there, and you've seen these mobs in the last couple of years, what they do, especially our mobs on the left, right? They, uh, they burn, they loot, they destroy, they, uh, they throw, well, they threw a firebomb at a building, and they wrote on there, if abortion's not safe, then neither are you. Is that a threat? That is absolutely a threat. Right? So we see that these things on the left often go that way. Their protests turn violent. Right, They turn violent and dangerous. Now you're doing that to the justices' families. Well, that would be one thing if uh, that was part of the job. But the reality is there's a law. There's a federal law that says you cannot intimidate or threaten a justice to try and change their opinion. Any judge. You can't do that to a judge because then you take the, the position of judge and you make it, you better rule the way the mob wants you to rule. And that could be on the right, too. The right could go to somebody's house and go, you better rule this way, judge. And that would be just as wrong. Judges have got to be able to keep their independence, even though they have their own points of view, obviously, their own political philosophies or whatever. But they're appointed, right, based on our system. And they go in there. They should look at the law, the case in front of them, the outcome and then compare it to the Constitution and make a decision. Trying to intimidate them into go, voting the way you want, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, is first of all, wrong. Otherwise, we don't have a judicial system. We simply have people who are scared to death to get killed or have their family get hurt, so therefore I'm going to vote the way the mob does. And then your constitutional protections are gone. Do you understand that? That's the problem. So doing this to the justices is not appropriate just because of what their job should be. But number two, there's a law against it. So that begs me to ask, where's the Department of Justice? This is clearly a, an intimidation of the judges, of the highest judges in our country. And the Department of Justice, nothing, crickets. How come they are not out enforcing that? How come they are not out going, hey, listen, you want to protest, go to the town square and protest all you want. Call the judge's name. Do whatever you want to do, but you're not going to the judge's house. If you do, you're going to get arrested and you're going to be uh, charged with a crime because you're intimidating the judge. And that changes how law and, and, their, and their decisions will come out. And that's not good for any of us, no matter where you stand on any issue. The judges have to remain independent and you cannot go after them. And that's what's happening here. They're going after these judges, and it's not right. The Department of Justice is now clearly demonstrating its bias. Uh, it's demonstrating its bias, and you don't think that the, the, they're getting uh, they're getting orders from the White House on how to how to go about this, right? Now, first of all, let's address that. If anybody doesn't think that whatever president is in charge, they tell the Justice Department how they want things to go, even though it's supposed to be independent. They are in charge of the Justice Department, right? You know that, right? You understand the president as the, uh, as the executive is in charge of the Justice Department and can tell the Justice Department, I want you to go after this case. I don't want you to go after that case. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. And that's perfectly appropriate because the president is in charge of the Department of Justice. So what, what can we do about that? 
we should have an independent Justice Department, right? That's not beholden and not working for the president. Maybe that could be maybe a concept, right? Maybe that could be a concept. Maybe we could vote for that person, right? And uh, and they could do whatever. But the, the idea is that the Department of Justice, again, looks out for the law. What is the law? We see a violation of the law. We hold people to account. And they're not. They're allowing people to intimidate these judges. And again, none of this is by accident. This is all on purpose. Could you imagine... If there was a, a right-wing group who was demanding something and they showed up at, uh, at the liberal justice's house and were screaming and hollering and threatening to throw bombs and do this, that, and the other thing, you don't think those people would be locked up? I think we all know, and this is where I started in the beginning, that they would because there's a multi-tiered justice system. Right? And if you happen to have the favor of the media, if you happen to have the favor of the people who were in power at the time, you could pretty much do anything and no one's going to come after you. Right? No one's going to come after you. Look at all the things we see. How much frustration is there in that we see these things and nobody does anything about it? And this is where I'm going to give a shout out to Ted, my father-in-law, uh, who's listening and is a very avid listener of America Out Loud and, and Chasing Justice. And Ted finds himself very frustrated because he grew up in an era when we had the foundation of America was solid. If you broke the law, you were held to account. Didn't matter who you were, uh, you were held to account. And that doesn't happen anymore. So Ted sees these things that are blatant violations of justice and nobody does anything about it. And he gets very frustrated. And I don't blame him. We're all very frustrated, aren't we? Right? So this is this is kind of what I'm looking at. The justices should not be attacked no matter no matter what opinion you have about it. They have to remain independent and they have to have the ability to look at the law and make a decision. Okay, so what's happening here is just another uh, piece of our foundation being kicked out, intimidating the judges. And of all the judges, I think John Roberts could be intimidated. I think he's the kind of guy that would, you know, I don't want all this trouble. I'll just vote with the with liberal wing and, you know, this, that, and the other thing. So I think that's a problem. We need to really, really look at that. What I find interesting is that these left-wing groups that are out there, I think, uh, uh, what's, what's it called? Ruth sent us. It's the name of the group, uh, referring to Ruth Bader uh, Ginsburg. Ruth sent us, and it's a liberal group. And now they're marching at Pelosi's house saying, you're not doing enough to codify what we want in law. And, you know, that's a legitimate, that's a legitimate thing. If you're in charge of the government and you're in charge of both sides of the house, you could make a law. You could make a law that says abortion uh, is, is available across the country. And then, of course, it would have to go through a court scrutiny. But you certainly could do that. The reason that they haven't done it is because nobody wants to put their hand on that because half the people in their state want abortion, the other half don't. So let's just leave it, let the courts decide. Unfortunately, that's how lots of things uh, are put through on the progressive left-wing side is that they're done through courts. They can't get enough people to vote for it, so the courts do it. And that's why they're so upset that the Supreme Court would overturn that, All right? So I, I think we've, uh, let, let's, let's categorize what we've said here. Um, there's different points of view on abortion. Some people believe it is a baby, some don't. Some people believe it is killing the baby, some people think it is not. Some people think it is completely the purview of the mother's body to do what she wants to do with that baby. Others think that, hey, once there's a baby, what about the baby? Doesn't the baby have any say? Or is the baby not? Let's let's quantify that. Okay, it is a baby, but it has no right. Let's look at Ed Koch, what he said. Let's be honest. It's a baby, and you're killing it. 
but the law says you can, so you can do it. Let's be clear about these things. But you know what? That's very, that, that's very uncomfortable to be that honest about something, right? That's why we have all these other arguments. So there's lots of points of view here. I think they are valid points of view. We don't all have to agree with them. I don't agree with them, but I think they're valid because people have a right to their opinion, right? So that's good. Don't attack the justices, my other thing. The Department of Justice should be out there um, and making sure that anyone... Uh, intimidating the judge. Anywhere you could, the judge could hear or see you is an intimidation, and therefore, if you're that close, you should get arrested and charged. You shouldn't go after our judges, and that's our liberal judges or our conservative judges. I don't think we should be doing that to the judges, and we shouldn't allow it. All right? Now, I want to turn my attention a little bit. I'm going to turn my attention a little bit for this part of the show. I got to take a deep breath. Let me take a deep breath here. Hmm... Okay, everybody at home, take a deep breath in your car, wherever you're going right now. Let's all take a deep breath because all of this roiling that's going on in our country is, is difficult for us. It's hard, right? It's making our lives difficult. We're not at peace. We are not at peace. And there's so many things to talk about here. With, let's take a deep breath. Calm down for a minute. Okay. The last point I wanted to make here is where is our president coming out and saying that these politicians who, who was a Chuck Schumer who stood outside the Supreme Court and pointed and said, and said to the justices, we're coming for you. Isn't that a threat? Isn't that a threat? I think it is. But we've had such a, a breakdown in our, in our moral compass in America. We don't have a moral compass anymore. We don't have a moral high ground. We have opinion and Ideology is the most important thing, and truth be damned, uh, traditions be damned, uh, etiquette be damned. All of that's gone. None of that exists anymore. Rule of law. Well, if we don't like the law, we're just not gonna we're just not gonna follow it. And if we're in charge, we're not gonna be upset that nobody's following the law, or we're gonna only come after certain people with the laws. We're okay with that too, as corrupt as that is, right? But how come our president is silent? Isn't this the guy who told us over and over and over again, whether you liked him or not, I'm going to be the president of all the people. I'm going to represent those who vote for me, and I'm going to represent those who don't vote for me, because I'm going to be the president of everybody. That's a great thing to say. That's really what you want in a president, right? He's going to listen to everybody. Where is he listening to the people who are on the right, the conservative part of our country? What did he say to you? The MAGA people are the most dangerous people in America, or something to that effect. The most dangerous thing. Isn't that like Hillary Clinton saying they're a basket of deplorables? That's half the country they're talking about. And you're deplorable because you want free speech. You're deplorable because you want to protect babies. You're deplorable and you're dangerous because you want to uphold the Constitution, because you want to close your borders. You're, you're dangerous, right? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I guess the silence by the president says a lot. Will people remember that in November? Let's go right back to the beginning of this week's uh, episode. I don't know it's going to make much difference. People are going to vote how they're going to vote, and the Republicans may take over. It looks likely that they will, but I don't know that for sure. I can't say that for sure because people, uh, I don't want to say people are stupid, but people vote for their own interests and not for the good of the country or what would really work out in the end. So 
That silence by the president says more than if he came out and stumbled and bumbled through a speech, because we know he does have that problem, too. And like I said before, I, I, I don't hold that against him necessarily, other than the fact that I know he's an old man, and that's what happens when you get old. It's going to happen to me. I'm going to be stumbling and bumbling around if I, if I get the grace of God to live uh, to the same age Joe Biden is. So it uh, doesn't mean it's not dangerous. doesn't mean it's not appropriate. doesn't mean he should be there. Uh, it just means it's a reality of life, and we have to think about it. All right. So what else has gone on recently that was kind of really crazy in the news? Oh, yeah. How about the jail escape in Alabama where the female jail uh, executive fell in love with the murderer, the prisoner, and got him out of jail? And they, they took off across the country. Don't you find that um, kind of amazing that, that that happens? But actually, that happens more often than we think. I'm, I'm going to try and get a, a good friend of mine on, Anthony Ganji. Anthony is, uh, he's in the prison system. He is an executive in the prison system, but he has a show called Tear Talk, uh, you know, like the tears in the jail, Tear Talk. And Anthony is uh, considered an expert and a, and a powerful voice for the corrections department. And I'm going to try and get Anthony on to talk about this because this phenomenon of jailhouse relationships is not unheard of. Uh, it's gone on for time and memoriam. I mean, you're talking about human beings, people uh, that are that are in close connection with each other and romances for all kinds of reasons form. You know, we see people, uh, sometimes maybe the corrections personnel, are they trained to be prepared that these things can happen? Uh, we all like different kinds of people, don't we? We all find different things attractive about people. And some of us could say, I'd never fall in love with the prisoners in jail for murder. But then we know that there's these serial killers that have killed people and buried them in shallow graves. They get married in jail because people are madly in love with them and come to visit them and write them letters, right? It's, uh, it's an amazing thing that happens. So you can understand people in jail, in close quarters with other human beings, relationships can form. And we saw this woman, um, uh, Ms. White, and his name is White too, but they're, they're, they're not related, um, she apparently fell in love with this guy and wanted to get him out. And it's, I get, I don't know, maybe it's a romantic, um, a romantic fantasy. You know, you finally found the man of your dreams, only he's a murderer and he's in prison for that. But you're going to break him out and you're going to sneak away and have this great life together. And it's going to be wonderful in the sunset. You're going to be able to be together. I guess, I guess, uh, I mean, that's kind of a, how the hell do you think you'd get away? You know, I mean, you see these things happen, right? So previously, what did we see a couple of years ago in New York State? A woman fell in love with a prisoner and helped break uh, him and his buddy out of jail. And it, it turned into a nightmare. She's in prison. The one guy is dead. So in this case, from Alabama, the young lady, the prison executive, Ms. White, uh, they're trying to get away. She sold her house, gave up, she gave up her life, her pension, her job, everything to be with this man. And now they're on the run. And maybe that was romantically exciting for her. Maybe she didn't have anything in her life. Who knows? Whatever reason she wanted to do this, she did it. And the police spot her in Evansville, Indiana, and a car chase takes place. And the car crashes and they both get injured. And then she shoots herself in the head. Right? She dies later in the hospital. She's literally given up everything for this jailhouse romance, everything, including her life. I, I find that interesting, 
and I find it fascinating. And I wonder, and that's why I want to talk to Anthony, what kind of training are our corrections officers and personnel given to understand that these relationships can develop and they're almost always going to develop uh, with a negative with a negative result. Like this poor girl who's now dead. Her life is ruined. Uh, just a terrible, terrible thing. So I think we'll talk to Anthony, Anthony about that. Now, I want to tell you about something really good. I want to tell you about Healthy Cell real quick. I just want to mention it real quick. Uh, I'll tell you, gotten through another winter, looking forward to the summer and the fall, and I, I've never felt better. And really, constant sinus infections I had all the time and, and this and that. Haven't had it uh, since I've been taking this Healthy Cell. That's the only thing I can attribute it to. Normally, I'm, I'm at the doctor three, four times a year with a sinus infection, getting uh, antibiotics or whatever. I've been taking the Healthy Cell Immune Boost, and I've been fine. You know, I'm out in the world. I'm teaching and training. I'm doing things, and I've been fine. So, you know, if, you, if you're looking for something to help you, uh, the Healthy Cell is something to take a look at. They're on the network here. Uh, the Immune Boost is excellent, and if you're having trouble sleeping, they have a product for that too. So Healthy Cell, take a look at it. I think it's good. Now, we're going we're gonna to talk for a minute here. Um, Jim Giordano from the, uh, from the neighborhood and I were talking the other day, and I, like I said, we're trying to get the we're trying to get the band back together now that the the pandemic is um, the pandemic is is waning. Although you know cases are on the rise because of another variant, and but they're much less it's still dangerous. But uh, well, anyway, we're trying to get the band back together um, and, and get the boys uh, to come over and spend some time together and start talking about the world. But Jim constantly talks about UFOs unidentified flying objects. And now they call them um, unknown aerial phenomenal or something else. But the fact that the government actually talks about it now is is pretty interesting. And apparently, uh, very, very soon in the near future, um, the government is actually going to do a, an open hearing on this unknown aerial phenomenon, UFOs. They're going to talk about it more. They're going to come out and have a conversation about it. And I guess maybe release more information because now they're showing us, you know, the military videos of these military pilots chasing these things that are doing things that, you know, they're not drones. They're not, uh, they're not technology that, that we seem to have. And I wonder, what are they really? Don't you wonder really? Uh, I've, I've always thought that the idea of uh, some creatures, uh, you know, flying from another universe or whatever, coming here, landing somewhere somewhere down uh, in the country with the country folk and and uh, they get billy bob and uh, billy bob i got probed by these aliens man and you say how come uh, that never happens how come they don't land in uh, new york city and go you know we want to meet your leaders and they don't fly the ship uh, you know where we can all see it and then make a greeting or something why don't they do that i mean you know could be a lot of reasons but the theories out there are that you know, this is, uh, we're an experiment, you know, we're, they're watching us to see how a, uh, under-technologized, uh, for be- lack of a better frame, framework, uh, species lives, because obviously if they can get here from other parts of the uh, galaxy or the universe, they're, they're, they're technically advanced on us, no doubt about it. So maybe the theory is that they're coming here to, to watch us, to learn about us, you know, what is this life form? Think about life in general and and sentient species with intelligence in general when we had people in europe living their lives and people in north america are native americans living their lives 
even though they were technologically different from each other, they had had different technologies, they still had the same things going on uh, on both sides of the Atlantic, didn't they, right? They had wars in Europe. The Europeans had wars. And the Native Americans had wars. I mean, people don't want to talk about that. I am part Native American, you know, so uh, let let me throw that out there. Uh, My grandmother's family were... uh, Native Americans from Connecticut. Um, I believe it was the the Blackfeet Mohawks. I think that's who they are. Um, But anyway, long and short of it is, the Native Americans had wars here too. They killed each other too. They conquered each other too. They stole each other's stuff. Just like they did in Europe. Like they did in South America. Because that's the nature, I think, of of humanity anyway, uh, is to go and fight and take things. Well, if there's aliens out there that are intelligent, wouldn't it make sense that they would be kind of the same way? They're coming here to check us out, check out our resources, check out our... Th- now, maybe they're benevolent. Maybe they're so intelligent, they're benevolent, and they want to come here and help us. Maybe they give us a cure to COVID, or they, they do something for power and teach us how to do that. Or they're coming here to look to take over our resources. Could be could go any way, right? Could go any way. So I would really like to... to, to Think, uh, get some conversation at a gym, you know, Jim the Contrarian, because he thinks about these things a lot. And we make him wear a, uh, a tinfoil hat when he's here. He doesn't like it, but we make him wear the tinfoil hat because we don't want anybody probing his mind while he's, on, uh, while he's on the show. But I think we should look for that information coming out next week. I think it's next week. There's going to be some hearings, and it'd be interesting to see you know, uh, what they're going to say, what they're going to release, and maybe new videos. We might see new videos of these craft that are, are a lot of our military are seeing chasing around. And I've told you, i seen something. I don't know what it was. I saw a gigantic black triangle in the sky, silent, and this thing was just moving across the sky. It had three lights on it, but it was gigantic. My wife saw it. My kids saw it. Other people at the restaurant saw it. It was amazing. I have no idea what it was. I've never seen anything like it. So I'm interested to find out if those things are real. So listen, my friends, in uh, Chasing Justice Land, we've had a lot to talk about today. We've gone round and round. I was uh, passionate about this today because these things are on my mind. I want us to have a life filled with love. I want us to all get along with each other. We all have so much to offer each other, no matter what we think about things. Conversations and words are the way we should solve our problems. Not through violence, not through intimidation, not through hating each other, but getting along and seeing what's best for everybody. All right, so this is Lieutenant Joe for Chasing Justice signing off. Remember, be a part of the solution, not of the problem, and we will see you down the road.